You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of oh shit meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. The more I do the work of embodiment and intimacy coaching, the more I see how every single path leads back to Eros. Eros is life force, right? Eros, the erotic, um, different lineages will refer to this as something different, but it's essentially the same thing, right? Like Kundalini, Shakti energy, um, Chi energy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I like Eros. It sounds sexy. It sounds yummy. It sounds, mm, it feels the most poetic, I guess, to me. And so I'm just going to use that. So Eros, when I think about just, just a snapshot of what my clients have brought to me in the last couple of weeks in our Zoom sessions or in person. There's been challenges around money mindset. There's been challenges around anxious attachment and how to <laughs> just not be so stressed or worried uh, when you are dating someone new. What else has been brought to me? Uh, The sudden feeling of like numbness or sort of a, an off that comes after a really big opening. And so just like the challenge and frustration of, oh, I'm not doing my embodiment practices. I'm not really dropping deep into my body. I'm not feeling sensual or even in my sensations. And and, and that's, that's like annoying me. That's challenging me. I'm struggling with it. And then also someone else who came to me with what I would say is sort of the flip side to that, which is I'm in uh, what I call shutdown, okay? I'm in what I may call or what the world calls dissociation states. And I can't really get myself out of there. Um, but there's also this acknowledgement that I sort of love it here, right? So in one case, someone is like in that state of shutdown, so to speak, and is hating it and wants to be on, loves the on. And then someone else who is in that state of shutdown and numbness and sort of loves the off, right? And so how do these all tie into Eros? 
into orgasmic, erotic life force energy. And this is what I want to dive into a little bit in today's episode. Because here's the thing. There's nothing else we're really trying to do in life but feel more alive. Like on a core, core level, we're just all trying to feel more aliveness because that's why we came here is to do this human experience. And so we want more aliveness, but we have programs, we have protection mechanisms, we have all these stories that pull us back from aliveness, that pull us back from sensation, from running erotic energy through us because throughout our lives, And even in the moment to moment now, we get these different messages that that's not okay. That's not good. Either if we're talking about specifically the sexual side of erotic energy, you know, the idea that like, oh, if I'm very orgasmic, I'm going to draw attention. It's going to cause danger, you know, these sorts of things. And then also just the fear of joy, right? Like the fear, like more aliveness means you're going to feel more joy. You're going to feel more (gasps) ecstasy and orgasm. And that can feel really scary because you're sort of flying high and you're like, all right, well, when's the next shoe going to drop? When am I going to come crashing down? And so we have this protection mechanism to not get too high because it's scary to be in that place. Um, Let's see, what are some other reasons why people don't want to feel aliveness? Um, Habit, right? We get habitually used to a certain level of sensation and more than that starts to just feel overwhelming, very like it's just like very stimulating on our nervous system. And so our nervous system is like, that's cute, but like, let's keep it at a five, I don't want a 10. Like you want a 10 in your head, but then your body's like, just kidding. Don't want to do a 10. And so with that, we have to increase our capacity to run energy through us. And that's a slow process. That's one that requires a a trauma-informed practice and or facilitator, right? Where you can't just go from five to 10 because when you bring up the volume that quickly, it can essentially blow you out, right? It's just like, And then you go right back into dissociating and full numbness. Instead of being at a five, you're now at a zero. Well, that didn't help because you were trying to get to a 10, right? And so we have to go from a five to maybe 5.5 or five to a six, five to a seven. It depends on each person's system and how much they're able to go up and down on that roller coaster. And that really depends on their capacity, which has nothing to do with how much work you've done or how awesome of a human you are or how sexual of a being you are. Like, it's none of that stuff. It's purely a formula of different experiences you've had growing up, different levels of sensitivity in your emotional and energetic body, how much work you've done, how much embodiment um, and tantric practices you do, how much dancing you do, how much energy you move, how much energy you naturally have inside of yourself, which also changes your capacity for energy, right? So there's like a million variables in the formula, but there's nothing to do. There's no hierarchy. So I just want to clarify We're not, this is not about, oh, well, you do it better if you go from a five to a seven than if you go from a five to a five 
0.25 because I work with both types of clients and it's, it's the pace of each person, right? And that's all that matters. So when we're talking about all these different examples, let's, let's go a little bit into each one, right? And see how does it connect to running arrows through your body? So with um, this first client, she had been working on money mindset stuff sort of in the background. It had been buzzing and humming in the background. We had been working together on and off in different containers for a couple of years. And we laid down the foundation um, for basic embodiment and we laid down the foundation for basic boundaries and safety and intimacy and romantic relationship. We laid down um, the foundation for communicating needs and things like that and slowly increased her capacity and skills for embodiment to the point that she became a facilitator. And at even then there was some integrating that that would needed to happen and then she moved into more erotic mapping work and it was at that point that the money stuff started to really come forth as like i'm ready now to be worked on it had always been there it always sort of come up every so often in sessions but there's only so much we can do at once right and so it took a couple of years of these foundations in her system for money to be the thing that can now be looked at and so what was really cool here was that I was teaching a course, um, a little group program on the dance of energetic sex. And in that, we worked a lot with moving into our breath, using breath to be with what is, to shift what is, to alchemize what is to increase our capacity to run orgasmic energy and be in orgasmic states. And it was through that that she specifically intended on bringing in her relationship to money and using these practices of running more energy to actually heal her relationship with money, to start to realize that, oh, I can actually breathe through contraction that comes up for me around money. I can start to breathe into the possibility of joy and spaciousness and abundance, right? And there was something so liberating about that perspective when it came to money instead of like the very sort of traditional money mindset uh, tools, which I mean are awesome. I use them all the time, but there's only so much, like everything else conceptual, there's only so much it can get you to if you don't have the capacity to be with the feeling, to be with aliveness, and to also be with heartbreak. Because with, you know, it's a spectrum. If you want to be able to run so much energy that you are in a, you know, 15-minute orgasm, you have got to be able to also be with the capacity to be in a, you know, five month heartbreak, let's say, right? It's like, you can't just get the light without the dark. You can't get the sun without the moon. It's like, this is just the polarity of it all. And so there was just this ability to start to run more of that energy that allowed her to be more okay with the uncertainty, but then also grow more into the abundance. 
Another example with another client was this whole idea of like her struggling with anxious attachment and newly dating. And I was like, all right, well, anxious energy is just energy. And if we use breath and movement to actually alchemize this, what do we want to alchemize it into? What would feel like the closest cousin, but on the, on the positive side? So I thought about it and I was like, anticipation, tease and turn on. Someone doesn't text you back. We can go into future tripping. We can go into what did I say in the last text? So that's past tripping, right? So you're going forward and backwards in the timeline, which is automatically as Dr. Gabor Mate, our man, our trauma man, the OG. As he says, it's trauma is about not being in the body and not being in the present moment. So when you go forward or backwards in time, you're not being present. And then when you go up and out from sensation body, from feeling yourself and your senses and your sensual body up towards the mind, and the head, and then maybe even out of the body completely, now you are ejecting out of the body. So now you're not in the body and you're also not in the present moment. That's trauma. So what happens? We get this anxious energy. Oh my God, he didn't text me back. And then we start to loop about something from the past or what might happen. He's never going to text me back, blah, blah, blah. That energy is wasted life force. It's wasted arrows. If we take that and we breathe into it and we love the sensation of not knowing and we just like make love to it with our bodies, with our breath, with our movement, if we start to show it in our stretching, if we show the yearning and the anticipation and the desire in our bodies, It becomes turn on. And so that happened to be an in-person session. So we got to work with how do we use her breath and her breathing down into the alchemizing cauldron that is her pelvis, right? That is the space between her legs. How do we use that everything around the belly and the womb and the vagina? Like how do we use that? To alchemize it, it's like you're churning something around. Truly, we're we're witching over here. (laughs) We're breathing in anxiety. We're swirling it around in our belly and we're exhaling it as turn on. And to do that, it has to go through your heart too, the heart space. So the yearning, the longing, the ache. Oh my God, I just want to hear from him so bad. right? Instead of, oh my God, oh my God, the world's going to end. He's never going to call back. I'm going to be alone. I'm going to, I'm going to be the the woman who's 60 with three cats, right? Now we're in the future tripping. Oh my God. The last thing I said, it was so dumb. I shouldn't have said it. It came off as needy. Oh my God. What do I do? Oh my God. Oh my God. Right? Again, what are you doing? Up forward and back and up. Next one, let's talk about it. So the client who's like, okay, I am not doing any of my practices. What's going on? I'm usually so good about it, blah, blah, blah. This situation is one where we have to honor the cycles of life force, right? When you look at nature, she's not always in spring and summer blossoming and 
shining her light, sun and heat, you know, all that good stuff. Color. Sometimes she's bare. She doesn't have much color. She's just slow, dark, cold. It's winter, right? That doesn't mean there isn't life force. If anything, the trees and the plants at that point have the most life force. It's just not outward facing, but they're accumulating it. They're pulling it into their bodies. We have to understand when we're out there doing all the things and doing and doing and doing in our spring and in our summer, we have to come back to a place of emotional hibernation, our version of winter. And we have to learn to be okay with the off, right? We have to, we are in a world that loves the on so much. But we're addicted to the high of feeling, right? We're addicted to the fight, the on. So when we go numb, we have to learn to love the numb the same way we learn to love the winter and understand that it has a function in and of itself. I love the times when I'm not doing any of my routines. I definitely go through cycles where I'm very regimented and then cycles where I'm like, nope, not doing it, not doing it. It doesn't feel right. The only problem becomes when we get stuck in either one. We're just so obsessed with getting stuck in the off, right? Because our, our society is not well mm, catered to it, but we shouldn't be getting stuck in either or, or either one or the other. Our nervous system is healthiest when it's dynamic, not static. It should not be only in one or the other. I feel like I've talked about this before. I mean, I talk about it always in my work. I'm just not sure if I've referred to this in other podcast episodes, but it's so important. You'll keep hearing me talk about it over and over and over again. We cannot get stuck in one or the other. That's static. And getting stuck in the doing is just as bad as getting stuck in the not doing. Right. But we need to love the numb. We need to learn to understand that it's part of the function of the bigger system. And it's there to help you accumulate energy. Right. And so love the emotional hibernation. Not just the physical hibernation. There's also an emotional hibernation. And it is important for this part of our beingness. And then finally, let's get to loving the off. <laughs> because we can often be really resistant to the part of us that is off, the part of us that does shut down, the part of us that is dissociating. And we go, oh, it's bad, right? Because somewhere the trauma education people were like, you don't be in shutdown, you know, which is not actually like the, the real trauma people understand that all of these are necessary functions but i think more um let's call it in the the pop culture watered down version of uh 
trauma-informed coaching, <laughs> right? The same way that polarity work can get very uh, skewed and very prescriptive, the same thing can happen with trauma work as with any other modality where people are like, I should be like this. I should be not dissociating. Is that true though? Should you not be dissociating? I get that it doesn't serve you at all times. And there's a reason it's happening. Maybe on some level it feels really, really good to be off. Maybe you're an incredibly sensitive human, very empathic. You're so overstimulated by everything that life force, that much life force running through your system and your environment is just chaotic for you. And you shut down because that's the place of peace. That's what feels good. That's where you can hear your own thoughts and feel your own feelings because there isn't this feeling of being aggressed and attacked by the world around you. And so let's not make it bad. What if there's an embracing of the shutdown? What if there's an understanding and a compassion and even a, a strong appreciation and gratitude for the shutdown? Oh, look, thank you. Now, I'm, now I go to my place of peace. Now I go to the place where I can shut out the whole world and just be in my own world where I can feel my own arrows running through me without the static of everyone else's. And there's nothing right or wrong with that. We're just all different sensitivity levels. And that's not to say that you want to love the off and stay there forever. Because again, now we're working with being static and not dynamic in your nervous system. You want to be able to go back and forth. But often the resisting and the judging and the shaming of the shutdown and the freeze gets people in a way deeper freeze. That's what I've seen with clients. And so what if instead we loved the shit out of ourselves and that protection mechanism and we go, you know what? This is my place of peace, so be it. And that information is so important because it has you understand you're looking for peace. And from there, if you can take that information and be with it, then you can start to go, how do I cultivate a little bit of that peace without necessarily going into a full freeze? What will help me find that peace in other ways? And that's your, you know, each person's unique exploration of that. But ultimately, when you can identify that peace is what you're looking for, and that shutdown is the mechanism that gets you there, then, ah, oh, that's important information, right? And peace is going to look differently for each person. Peace for some might be like, not running an insane amount of energy through you because actually that's a roller coaster. Life force is very feminine, which means it's up and down and sideways and it can really stretch you out. And so for some people, that's 
that volume of aliveness is too much at the moment. Again, they're going from that 5, they just want to go to a 5.25. And if you try to take them from a 5 to a 7, they go back to the 0, which is their place of peace. Because there's something in the nothingness that feels so good to their system. And so in all of these four different situations that clients brought me, on some level, there was a thread of life force and arrows connected to this. Either the erotic energy was too much, they wanted more of it, they wanted to use it specifically to work with a particular uh, energy like money, they wanted to use it to reframe not just from a mindset perspective, but in a somatic way, their relationship to a certain energy that might have been labeled as anxious into an energy that's that's really labeled and experienced as anticipation, tease, and turn on. But can you see how in all of these cases we're working with energy coursing through your body, eros, life force, animating you, shutting you down, waking you up, moving you in a certain direction or freezing you into nothing, like no direction. And so whichever place we're looking at in whatever arena of your life, there has to be this um, bowing down, this honoring of life force as the center point of the entire discussion. And so when we talk about embodiment, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about being in relationship with your Eros. If this episode juiced you up, turned you on, and got you interested in private coaching with me, head on over to NadiaMunla.com. The Work With Me page outlines everything. The time containers, the price points, who I work with, and so on and so forth. And if you still have questions after that, um, you can email us at info at NadiaMunla.com to inquire about applications or anything else that was not answered on the page. And then when I receive your application, if I feel like we're a fit, we always hop on an exploration call before we commit to anything. And this to me is like, uh, going on a date, <laughs> going on a coaching date. And we do that in order to really confirm that this is a relationship we both want to enter into for a period of time. We get clear on what it is that I can support you with, whether I am the best person to support you and how we will do so. So if this is you, I can't wait to get your application and hop on the phone with you soon. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show, and I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.